Sam Harris, welcome to the Herd Mentality. Thanks for your time. It's kind of like smoking. You tend not to pick it up later in life. Uh, well, that's a weird analogy for the show. This is bigger than atheism. Ah, thanks. For a second there, I thought we were going to get off on the wrong foot. That should be horrifying to us. It should be. I've recently had a few more people donate money to help support the show. 40% of Americans... Not quite that many. It's not just a few people. Indeed not. I'll hit the goal soon enough. Why do people want to help the show, do you think? It can't really have its basis in the brain. Perhaps not. More an emotional response? No, it's a social disorder. Right. And what would you say to the fact that those who contribute $5 a month receive bonus afterlife insurance? All of those prophecies are valid. Good news. Now, our credentials. We've both worked together in the past. Uh, We collaborated. Yes. On a book called... How You Get Into Paradise. Indeed we did. Now, Ray Comfort... He is often credited as a brilliant administrator. Yeah. Ray's review of the book was that it's... Worth living for and dying for. That's a big step for Ray to take, yeah? Right. But Ray's supporters? They're not convinced. Hmm. Ray even referred to you as... uh, The Tiger Woods of compassion. Do you feel comfortable with that? Yeah. Okay, one final question. Ray's prototype for the 8 horsepower solid gold butt plug... Do you think he's planning to weaponize it? Unsupported plan. So could he be using it to invade foreign nations? That's kind of the point. How can we combat it? We have to come to this from many sides all at once. Sam Harris, thanks for coming on the show. The means to organize behavior and emotion. Are we still off air here? Yes. <laughs> oh my God, you drive me insane. <laughs> Adam, put that in the podcast. Put it Don't in. Don't you dare. Welcome to the Herd Mentality, an eclectic weekly mix of atheistic and humanistic conversations with complete strangers. I've never met them and they've never met me, but we're throwing caution to the wind, taking a risk with a dodgy internet connection, and God willing, get an interesting conversation for you to listen to. I'm your host, Questionable Adam, at Adam Reeks on Twitter, and it's time to meet our guests. Ladies and gentlemen, welcome to the Herd Mentality Podcast, a very varied edition today. Uh, I have down the line with me Donovan from Melbourne, Mr. Oz Atheist. How are you, sir? I'm very well, thank you, Adam. And from Canada with, and I'm dubious, I'll be honest, Mel, we have Atheist (laughs) Mel. You've got a clear line. What's going on? I told you I'm in your backyard using your Wi-Fi. That's the only (laughs) way that I can get a clear signal. Well, we don't even have the National Broadband Network here, so I fail to see how two Skype connections can be working on the same same (laughs) Wi-Fi. It's baffling. Actually, no, you know what I did is I called everyone in Canada and asked them to log off of their internet (laughs) for the night so that I can have a clear signal. So So two, two people have switched off their fridges. Yeah, uh, <laughs> it's completely dark in Canada right now. <laughs> All right, well, welcome on the show. Thank you. And uh, we've got, look, some pretty big topics. There's going to be uh, probably a little bit of yelling, uh, maybe some stabbing uh, with a bit of luck. I've got at least one joke as well. So this is this is really going to raise the average for the podcast. But first, we're going to jump into the new segment called the Births, Deaths and Marriages. At 11.11 on Tuesday night, the 19th of November, Tom Patrick Hawkes entered the world. He is healthy, happy, and much loved by his parents, at Mr. Hawkes and at A-W-E-A-L-A-N-D-S, or all your lands, and pretty much anyone else who's met him. He shares his birthday with the great Australian scientist and science communicator at Dr. Raichi, D-R Raichi, R-A-C-H-I-E, and Dave hopes that this is an omen for his future career choices. He is and will continue to be vaccinated according to the Australian schedule. And as a side note, uh, Dave mentioned that he was going to be named after the lead guitarist of Rage Against the Machine, who's uh, Tom Morello. That's a music that the young kids are listening to. I don't understand (laughs) what that is. Uh, But he's definitely named after his great-grandfather, who he will meet later this week. That's Patrick Burden, B-Y-R-D-E-N. So congratulations, Dave, uh, on manufacturing a smaller person. Round of applause. Mm. Am I the only one clapping? (laughs) 
clapping. Now, I wanted to um, share a little bit of feedback I get. Now, I get uh, all sorts of emails from different listeners to the show and people who don't even listen to the show. And here's one from, let's call her Nosai, N-O-S-A-I. I won't give out your full name. Uh, you've got a, a Hong Kong email address. It's, it's rather odd, but... Um, I'd like your feedback on it, guys, and feel free to chip in at any point. It says, uh, Dear Brother Adam, which is a clue, uh, (laughs) lovely greetings to you in Jesus Lovely. It is a blessing reaching you through this medium, and I pray that we get to know each other better. I hope you also consider my kingdom request, for that is all I want. Hmm. Can you guys guess what's coming? Is she she saying that all she wants is a kingdom? Because that's kind of a lot to ask for. (laughs) Well, well, she claims to come from Nigeria. So (laughs) I think there's a few kingdoms there, isn't there? Probably, sure. Why Mm. not? I'm a sister in the Lord and blessed with three children and my husband, Michael. So big shout out to you, Michael. I'm a teacher by occupation and teach in an elementary school. I work hard six days a week just to pay our bills and have no leftover as Michael has no job. I tithe my salary and the Lord blesses us with so much joy, favour and peace in our lives when we put our trust in him. I don't know what I would do without Christ. He is my all in all. Mm. I was also touched by Christ in 2000. Mm. Odd. And have to I hope you reported that. <laughs> and have spent the last 10 years learning from Christ's spirit to walk obediently and freely Yeah, with and in God's kingdom. It has also been difficult for me, but difficult is the way and few find it. So as we now know more about each other, well, I hope you know very little about me, uh, across, <laughs> across the world, please pray for me, however the Lord instructs you to pray for me, and pray for my husband, Michael, who is not strong in the faith. Hmm. Might be time for a new husband. He is a believer, but he lacks understanding at times, which increases the difficulty in my walk. I kind of feel for her. <laughs> <laughs> kind of do. We are members of a small local church with about 30 members in the outskirt of the town. I help to coordinate the women outreach and uh, as, I'm edu- <laughs> as I'm educated, a little to help. I also sing in the choir. That's beautiful. And join the women outreach to reach out to other women in our community, especially the Muslim women. Well, that's, a, that's probably a fight worth fighting. What do you guys think? <laughs> that sounds like a really bad idea to me. <laughs> Today I'm able to reach you through the help of the school computer connected to internet. <laughs> I like the exclamation mark. <laughs> I have a need for Bibles, and this is the area I want you to assist us. I understand that Bibles are, are not hard to come by there as it is here. Well, that's true. I mean, we, we have hotels. Mm-hmm. Only few Christians here have Bibles. Yes. That's, that's probably good news, I would think. Please, I need your help for Supergiant Print Bibles, King James Version. This Bibles has a very large print for easy reading. I have reading challenges. <laughs> Super giant. <laughs> the Fisher Price, my first Bible. I have reading challenges, and this is the only Bible I can read well. We would need six copies, one for me and five for an aged mother's in our church. These are mothers eager to study God's word, but cannot have it. We use English language as English in our national language. Mm, dubious. Please help, and may God bless you as you help. Note that the Bibles can be used one provided the pages are complete. She's probably <laughs> going to have more luck with the prayer than getting them out of me. <laughs> I actually feel a little bad for her because so, I mean, most of those emails that you get, they're asking you for money. All she wants is Bibles. That's you know? true. And, you know, there's so many organizations in, in the U.S. that are quite happy to go and Bible bomb North Korea to help out the four people there who have nothing to eat but grass. Nice of them. I was told that Express Mail International is also very safe by post office. 
And then she provides her address. Please pray for the women outreach here. We reach out at least thrice weekly to mostly the Muslims' women. We show them all the love we can. <laughs> we show them all the love we can, despite the fact that they are very hostile to Christians. It is amazing how God is working in so the hearts of the Muslim women here. She actually just wants Bibles from you, not money. Not not money. I I can't work it out. Yeah, she she sort of finishes up by saying, "For God is love, and we can only love because He first loved us, and His love is only made complete in us." when it transforms our hearts and outflows into every aspect of our lives. May his blessings be upon you, and please write soon. Your sister in Christ, Nusai, from Nigeria. So, your thoughts, guys? <laughs> I don't even know what to say. That, <laughs> other than that's just um, the most bizarre spam email I've ever heard in my life. Do you give instructions on how to get her the Bibles? Yeah, she's given me an address. You guys want, <laughs> you guys want to pass the hat around? Send one. <laughs> I'm tempted. You know what? I'm actually tempted to send this woman a Bible. I have like three or four of them kicking around in my house. Surely I could just mail her one. What benefit would it provide her? <laughs> I don't know. I don't know. She's <laughs> fighting an uphill battle, I think. At Atheist Mel and at Mr. Oz Atheist, thanks again for tuning in and joining the conversation. There's been a little bit of dissent in the ranks of late, and being familiar with the situation, I'd probably say that I'm exactly halfway in between, so I'm, a, I'm sort of an unbiased, yet I'll, I'm prepared to be biased kind of moderator. That's my position. Just to <laughs> la- just, just give us yep. your positions. What's, the, uh, what's your position, Donovan? My position is that basically a, a tweeter is not in control of what their followers do so i've been called a bully more than once recently even though i don't think i've personally bullied anybody but i get hassled for what my followers do when i quote somebody so that seems to be one of the areas of issue like whether or not i should stop quoting people because people who follow me then can say stuff that even i wish they wouldn't or I had a look and I worked it out. It's I did it over a couple of days. Less than 0.1% of my followers say stuff to people I quote that I wish they wouldn't. On top of that, you get the, the situation where the person who gets quoted is suddenly inundated with tweets and they can feel quite overwhelmed and they feel it's like a suddenly a many-to-one relationship when it's... In actuality, it's a lot of one-to-one relationships or maybe two-to-one relationships. So they feel like all of a sudden, you know, the world is ganging up on them because they've been quoted into a timeline that happens to have, you know, a few followers. So there's that situation where suddenly they feel attacked, they feel everyone is ganging up on them. So they're the two issues with that. And then the other thing is what is right or wrong to use as an example of how prayer doesn't work. So I know recently with the Philippines typhoon I, I tweeted about that and i know um mel had a few things to say about that so what did you say that, i've tweeted in the past that when there's a natural disaster if we put all the prayers in one warehouse and all the donations in another and let the victims take their pick just to show that what we need is donations and prayer you know you can pray all you want but it's not going to do anything mm. i've tweeted that generically but with the philippines typhoon i actually um, made it relevant and and said in relation to the Philippines typhoon, let's do that. And I think it got about 70 or so retweets. And I know Mel commented that something like, you know, it's funny that that tweet about prayer gets that many, but you tweet about donating and it gets 10 retweets, which is, you know, that's a fair enough point. But 
I guess just on that one, it, it was relevant. And I would rather people donate than tweet. I would rather people donate than pray. But you can tweet and donate or pray and donate. As long as we're all donating something, if we can, then that's what's going to make the difference. And that was the point I was trying to make. But people got upset that I was, and not just Mel, others um, got upset that I was using something topical to make that point. Mm. Okay. Mel, your thoughts? Well, I guess since we're just talking about the Philippines thing, we can touch on that before we go back to the other thing. You know, it's it's hard. And I, I don't want to come into this thing trying to say that I'm I'm trying to tell people how they should operate their own Twitter account because <laughs> that won't go well for me. <laughs> so we just won't do that. And I had a, a couple of talks. I talked to Ra about this on Twitter and, and she held the same position as Donovan. And I, I have a hard time vocalizing what my objection is to that particular issue. But I think it just stems back to people using a tragedy that's just happened to further some sort of personal agenda. And it sort of takes me back to when the whole thing at Sandy Hook happened and there was just a whole uproar because, you know, Christians on Facebook were posting that stupid, you took God out of schools, so this is why this happened. And that just made me so mad at the time that people would actually take a tragedy like that and use it to further their own religious agenda. And then, you know, here we are several months later when another tragedy's happened and we're using it to further our own anti-religious agenda. And it just seems like, why, like, is that really necessary? Do we really have mm. to do that? Like, can we not find some other way that's not going to try to capitalize on a tragedy to get your point across? With the Sandy Hook thing, the, the issue I have with that is that it's wrong. Every, every day on Twitter, people use something current to have their agenda. Like, um, you know, we, we see tweets every day about kids who starve to death. There's, there's kids starving to death as that tweet is being written. And that, that never gets picked up on. Um, Mel, you tweeted something about just remember Jesus believes you, uh, believes in you or loves you just as much as he loves serial killers. Someone would have died by the hand of a serial killer that day you wrote that tweet. So it's not that it's current that seems to be the issue because we tweet about current no, tragedy every day. I think it is though, day. because it's, we're talking it's about it's, some, some current event versus something that you could consider to be more generic. I mean, yeah, people are raped every day. People are murdered every day. You know, that happens every day. I'm not taking a picture of a murder victim and saying, this murder victim, obviously God didn't love her. And I think it seems like a fine distinction. Maybe it's an arbitrary line. I don't know. But it, mm. it, there's something that differentiates those two cases in my mind that makes mm. me comfortable with one and not comfortable with the other. And maybe I can't, you know, maybe yeah. I can't justify that to everyone's <laughs> satisfaction. Yeah. It just seems it's more that it's still. the current headline. So, you know, if I was to tweet my tweet in six months' time and just say, when a typhoon strikes, mm -hmm. that would be okay because it's not the current headline. I'm, but the honestly, Philippines... Yeah, yeah. honestly, I, I think I would have absolutely... That probably wouldn't even, like, set off any sort of red flag to me at all. It's still using a tragedy to further a, an anti-religious yeah, point of is. view, it's, isn't it's it? Using, it's using a tragedy, but you're not saying, it's, you know, a day after a typhoon has happened, oh, you know, these people shouldn't be praying because it's useless. You know, you're, you're taking more of a generic event saying, you know, there was, you know, there are typhoons, there are hurricanes, there are tornadoes, and, you know, what's God doing about those? Or did he send that hurricane? Did he send that tornado? It doesn't seem like a, a difference to you, but that's... The only no, no, I'm, I'm understanding. So, like, if it's personalised. So, for example, if I was to tweet a rape victim, blah blah blah, as opposed to this rape victim. Yes. 
is is that like the sort of where you draw your line like making it actually personal and not generic yes i think that that was all i could and honestly i mean i when i was reading those tweets i was also struggling to understand what my position was and why one of them was bothering me more than the other and i think i admitted that that i you know i yeah, really I think didn't understand it myself but i think that that's after I thought about it, I think that is where the line is for me. That if it's personal, it for some reason really irks me, and if it's not personal, then doesn't seem to. Well, that's all I can really. Allow me to interject. I'm going no. to read you a tweet from uh, a, a Facebook message from Ray Comfort, who's a, a big fan of the show. <laughs> uh, he says, 10,000 dead in the Philippines is proof there's no God," says the skeptic. No, rather the terrible tragedy is proof that the fall of Genesis is true. Every day, more than 150,000 people die. And every single death substantiates the truth of the scriptures, that man is in rebellion to God. Now, he's obviously promoting an agenda using something topical. The difference here with, say, something that Donovan wrote is that he also has an agenda. He's got the atheism agenda. We all have that agenda. We're all on the same side. But using something topical does allow for a broader reach. It's more emotive. And the other agenda that I think Donovan has is pointing out that, yes, we can do more to help, whereas Ray Comfort has done not that. So I think there's a a, a clear distinction to be made there. Oh, I mean, I, I am in no way comparing what Donovan or any other atheist does to Ray Comfort. We're <laughs> 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 on that as well. <laughs> Thank you. <laughs> so, what what are your thoughts on Ray's message? Well, it's total bullshit. Obviously, I mean that that bothers me just as much as anything else would. I mean, it, I just think it, it completely trivializes the suffering of people when you take that suffering and use it for your own. And that was the whole point with the Sandy Hook thing that really got under my skin is people were using and trivializing suffering to further their own point. And I, you know, that really, really upset me, especially with the Sandy Hook thing. Okay, so Mel, you're a scientist and Donovan and I both have an interest in the sciences. I think we're all quite happy to change our opinions and our motives and our the, the way we interact over time based on new information being presented to us. So how's your way of engaging changed mel um like specifically with theists yeah well i have noticed and well purposefully you know drastically changed the way that i approach twitter when i first joined obviously i had a lot less followers than i do now i started at the bottom like everyone else did and i had you know 100 followers and at that time i did what everybody else did i searched atheism i tweeted random theists and we had these ridiculous conversations and you know that was fine as i started to gain more followers i noticed that every time i did that if i quote tweeted somebody that that person would end up inevitably with you know three or four or five or more people who had seen my tweet now tweeting them and sometimes it's fine sometimes there's no problem but it did come to a point where i had one person who ended up blocking their tweets because of that interaction and because they were being bombarded with all these tweets that they didn't want, obviously. And I've had a couple other people who, if you go back to read their tweets afterward, all that they're saying is, why are all these people talking to me? And I, I didn't want this. I didn't want to debate. And it's obviously caused them some form of distress. So when I saw that, it just, it really didn't sit well with me. And I, I just came to the point where I realized that I didn't really need to do that in order to be effective on Twitter. You know, I can, I have other ways, other things I can tweet about without having to hunt out random people who I've never met before and, and make fun of their tweets. Like that's not something that I need to do. Mm. I couldn't handle feeling like I had upset somebody for my own humor 
Mm. You know, that that just didn't sit well with me, which is why I changed the way that I approach Twitter, I guess. Yeah. And Donovan, have you changed your approach? A little bit. Like, I do that quote thing um, still a bit, but I do a lot more um, just tweets that stand alone. I think the thing that I've changed is trying to be more positive about atheism rather than negative about religion. So I'll often tweet, it's great how we see the, the world, you know, and, and try and build up what being an atheist can be rather than pull down what being a theist can be. I'll just mention one interaction that I witnessed from the sidelines because, look, I'm guilty of this as well, and I've decided to modify my approach. And, look, the show's not about me, so (laughs) I won't elaborate on that. But what I did witness was a popular account had engaged a, a theist that didn't have a, a great deal of followers. And it was the age-old question about why they're still monkeys. It spiralled out of control. There were, he was being bombarded, this poor kid. The tweet that he put up, the, the last one I saw in the exchange was, now I feel like I want to kill myself. I ended up following him and sending him some messages and saying, hey, look, it's okay. Uh, not everyone's like this. And we built up a little bit of a rapport. But it was distressing to see from the sidelines so the follower numbers they play a huge part in the way things are portrayed online i think follower numbers are seen as some sort of authority where's the cutoff donovan that's what i was going to ask like if someone doing it has like when i was doing what i'm doing now with 12 followers no one cared because i would talk to someone and no one would see it and it was the same. But doing that eventually built up my account and obviously I got noticed by someone who helped build it up quite significantly. And it's not any better or worse now when I do it just because my follower numbers are a bit higher. If you say, well, if you've got a lot of followers, it's worse. If you've got fewer, it's not as bad. That's exactly the point. Where, where do you cut off? If you reach a 1,000 followers, should you stop doing it? Is it a 10,000? I, I don't know. So it becomes an arbitrary line. It's, it's just subjective. If, if someone who doesn't get noticed doing it does it and it's okay, then anyone doing it is okay. If someone doing it is not okay, then anyone doing it is not okay. But we all follow people who do it all the time. For most of them, it's not an issue, but you follow accounts 25,000 and, and suddenly it's it's a problem. I don't see the rationale behind that. Mel, what's the threshold? I can't obviously can't say that there is a threshold, nor do I want to say that one way or the other way is right or wrong because I don't think that that's fair. Um, my position is just that that's not something I was comfortable with. Like I, I just wasn't comfortable making other people or putting them in a state of distress because of something that I had done, ultimately. So, I mean, if people with so 10 So do you think then it's then okay for them to say whatever they like about atheists whenever they like and go unchallenged or unquestioned? Yes. <laughs> it's their Twitter account. They should say whatever they want to say. Why not? And I think that there's, there's an important distinction, too, because if you look at people who tweet, and they talk about atheism, and they include, for example, an atheist hashtag. Obviously, those people are interested in having a discussion about atheism. And, you know, go ahead, talk to those people. I'm sure that they'd be more than happy to discuss it with you because they've put it out there that they're trying to interact with atheists about that topic. But I, I just find that when, when people are tweeting to, you know, Joe Blow with 100 followers who just tweeted something dumb about atheists, probably wasn't really thinking about it, was certainly not expecting, you know, 10 or 15 people to suddenly jump on him and start tweeting. 
I just, I don't see, for one thing, I don't see the value in that. It just doesn't really, I mean, it never ends with the person saying, oh, yeah, yeah, you're right. That, that was a dumb tweet. It usually ends up with them. No, it does end with that. I've had that several times. Several times people have come back to me and said, yep, sorry, I apologize. I, I get it now. So it, well, it does congratulations end congratulations like for you. That's good. I'm glad that that works for you. Thank you. But I've, I've seen cases where what happens is the people just end up getting upset and they don't want the attention that they've gotten because they tweeted something dumb about atheism. I mean, people tweet dumb shit all day long. That's all Twitter is, is dumb shit. <laughs> I mean, what else is Twitter there for? That's all that you so, read all day long. But talking to them and explaining how they're wrong, how is that not beneficial? So, for example, if someone says, oh, atheism is the belief that everything came from nothing, and I say, well, no, it's not, and then explain to them that it's not, how is that a bad thing? It's not a bad thing. So, but, but are you saying that your goal when you talk to these people is to try to make them understand why they're wrong? Like to try to correct what they've said that is incorrect? Is that what your goal is? A lot of the time it is. I'll alternate between that. It depends on, like, I have to judge whether how um, genuine I think they're being. If I think they're being genuine, I'll answer genuinely. Like a guy tweeted today, you know, if God isn't real, how do you explain trees? Obviously, he's not being legit. So I just said you should do a, a course in dendrology, which is the study of wooded plants and trees and stuff. And that's just clearly a joke. It's clearly funny. It's not well funny to me. It's, <laughs> it, it's not harmful. You know, he's not going to go away hurt from that. But there was no ridicule there. I think the word that nobody said so far is ridicule. My point is, if your actual real goal is to try to help people understand where they're wrong, why would you ever quote tweet them? I mean, obviously, you must have another reason that you want people to see and think like, oh, Donovan, he's smart. Look at what he just said. Otherwise, you would just have a conversation with them. Well, we're all on Twitter because we want our tweets to be seen. As I've, I've said many times, if, of course we can if, say that you have a pure motive of just trying to make people understand what you're saying. Because if that were the case, you would just tweet them without quoting them. But it's not just the person I'm tweeting to that I want to see it. Like people tweet to me and say things like, "Thanks, you know, you've explained this," or "I understand more about that." because of your tweets to people. So to think that the only people you ever want to see your tweets are the person you're tweeting to, I think it's, it's limiting. Other people can benefit from the things we say, even if they're not directly part of the conversation. Absolutely they can. But I think that you can still accomplish that without having to expose people to the kind of, like Adam said, the kind of ridicule that sometimes they get from that particular method, which is what I do. Like, I mean, I, I can still get my point across. I can still talk about, you know, what are the things people get wrong about atheism and what are the, you know, the big absurdities in religion. I can get that across without having to find someone who said that and mm. say, look at how this person said something dumb about atheism and look at me correcting it. I can Unless correct they're it. A, a verified account, right? Because they're different. Yeah, they're okay they are to different. make fun of. I, I completely, I'm 100% <laughs> am of the position that that is different. What makes you think that someone who's not verified isn't capable of dealing with it? People with their own audiences, they stand to benefit. So the people, the Ray Comforts, the Deepak Chopras, the Pastor John Haggies, the these people. Joel Osteen. Joel Osteen's teeth. The Joel Osteens, they have a motive, and they've got thick skin, and they never reply. So that's, I don't think ever read their mentions either. I, I mean, I don't think the Pope is sitting on his iPad scrolling through mentions and seeing what people are saying to him. You know, the electric so Joel tablet. Osteen once replied to you and said, "No, nah, I disagree." Obviously, having seen his mentions, would you stop tweeting him? If I got the sense that it had actually upset him, yes, I would. Ah, I mean, the same, so thing, the same thing happened with me and with Blessed Teen. Blessed Teen. Who 
I'm sure you probably remember, followed me for a while. Yeah. <laughs> we were following each other and we actually had a couple of really nice conversations over DM and we were just talking about religion and what some of his misunderstandings were and what some of my misunderstandings were and it was it was fine and you know he carried on tweeting me to his whatever it was 100,000 followers at the time and I would tweet him to my 10,000 followers at the time and everything was fine until one day he actually replied and I don't even remember what he said to me but he replied in a way that made me think, you know what, this kid is reading what I'm saying to him and reading the tweets he's getting back from my followers and it's actually bothering him and I don't want to do that to people. So since then, I don't tweet him anymore because, you know, even though we don't follow each other anymore, he still sees my tweets, he sees tweets from other people and I just, you know, I, I'm not comfortable with that. So. so is it not okay then to do that on an individual basis rather than just do it like a blanket this method bothers people, I should stop? I mean, Because I've done it a lot. I've got nearly 90,000 tweets and I couldn't tell you how many of them are are quite tweets, but I I would suggest a significant amount. And I reckon two people have have shut their accounts or locked their accounts afterwards. I remember, like, I'll sometimes go back and have a look and and see, you know, the, man, where did all these people come from type of tweets? And I've, I've said to people, look, give it an hour and they'll all move away. And I, I think that's important to remember too. A, an hour later, anyone I quote tweet is forgotten, I, I, except if I happen to do it before the Brits get up. Uh, so if the if the North America, because th- these are obviously where my vast majority of followers are, if North America sees it, they'll have a go. And then when the Brits get up, they might have a go as well, like a couple of hours later. But, you know, a, a day later, no one remembers and the person is back to normal tweeting about Pokemon or, or whatever it is that they were tweeting about the day before. So, okay. And they, the other they... thing to remember, they're not obliged to read them. You know, you don't have to sit there reading your Twitter mentions and getting upset at them. So if they've forgotten about it 24 hours later, Donovan, would they have forgotten mm. about the intent and what you were trying to do in order to uh, realign their thinking processes? Um, no, I mean my followers have forgotten about them. Mm-hmm. So what I mean is it's not like the the tweets to this person are ongoing for, for years and years. But if I say, you know, the, dude tweeted today, you know, I've never met a cheer, cheerful atheist. And I said, g'day, Donovan, cheerful atheist here or something like that. Like he said something along the, if I pray, maybe all these people will go away. And there was tweets to him that weren't just from my followers, like other people had found it and tweeted the same thing. But at least now he knows there are cheerful atheists. He's not worse off. He hasn't been attacked. He hasn't been hurt. But he knows now that actually there are going to be cheerful. So a question to both of you. What's the most successful way of engaging, say, a theist? My best success comes from asking them a question based on their tweet. So how so? How do you figure? Why do you think that? Things like that. Mel? Um, I mean, at this point, just because of the way that I tweet, I don't really engage with theists very often anymore. Um, The times that I do would be usually if I tweet the Pope, because a lot of them follow the Pope and they happen to see whatever my tweet has been. I find that if, if they actually have a legitimate question or, you know, a legitimate point that they make to me, then having a one on one back and forth with them, I find is the most effective way because you know the second that I I go ahead and quote tweet them to my followers it just gets so muddy and there's so many people involved and so many different opinions that you kind of end up losing 
that original conversation you were trying to have. So, you know, as far as actually getting through to theists, I think that's, for me, definitely the best way is the one-on-one conversation. And that is a valid point. Like, I, I do agree there that quote tweeting, if you actually want to have a conversation with someone, quote tweeting or full stop tweeting ahead of them so people can see it can definitely muddy the waters. And, like, I'm not telling people not to jump on, but when they do, the conversation's lost because it is, you know, you, you can't follow it any longer. But, Mel, just from what you said then, when when you tweet the Pope, does that ever upset any of his followers? Um, some of them like to call me an ugly bitch after. <laughs> so I guess it upsets them. <laughs> but So you're happy to upset someone's followers but not upset the person themselves? It, but, Donovan, <laughs> that's such a ridiculous thing to say. Because then but, any tweet I ever write, if someone happened to stumble upon my page could be seen as offensive to anybody, ever. Exactly. So that's my point. Where's the line? Your, your you stance is so arbitrary. Would you listen to me for a second? I'm not yeah, tweeting that person and saying, your Pope is an idiot, and here's why I think so. I'm tweeting to my followers and anyone who happens to come across that tweet. That's the difference. If I went to that person's page and said, your religion is stupid, and here's why I think it's stupid, and here's why your Pope is, you know, whatever he is, and that they got upset from that, then yeah, I think that would be a major dick move on my part. But for me to just tweet to my followers and they come across it somehow, well, maybe they shouldn't have been searching for my tweets then. <laughs> you can read offense into anything. If there were, if there are, I mean, I, I know for sure that I'm followed by maybe two or three theists or, you know, maybe not really strictly religious people, but spiritual people. And I am certain that they would be offended by 90% of the tweets that I tweet that are like standalone, not talking to anybody because they are offensive to religious people. That's just the way it is. But it's their choice to follow me and to read those. I'm not going to their pages and saying, hey, Heather, I think that you are stupid because you're a creationist. <laughs> There's a difference there. And I can't believe you can't see that difference. What are your thoughts on Godless Bill Chicker's page? I, I, <laughs> I struggle to... I, I, don't want, I don't want to make sweeping comments about specific people... I mean, people tweet the way they want to tweet. A lot, a lot of people quote tweet in my timeline, which is why I, I mean, I know I'm probably going to be in the minority on this discussion, <laughs> but I don't know. I guess my bottom line is that's just not the way that I choose to tweet. And if that's the way other people choose to tweet, then more power to them. Go and do your thing. What about when you subtweet about it and you say, or you, you tweet, I, I see that as bullying behavior or blah, blah, blah. I don't like this or that. Like, is that that might be upsetting to somebody and and they are free to unfollow me at will i guess that's the point like i I was trying to say before it's what what you do is upsetting like you and you get retweeted by your followers and they will no doubt end up in the timelines of believers by not their choice like they're not your followers and it'll be such and such if you think this then you're a cunt or whatever it is you tweet and someone will read that and be upset and you're okay with that, but there's some sort of wavy you, imaginary line here where you say even, do you not see it's a not okay at some me point. Me tweeting that, on my page to my followers and someone else going to someone else's page and tweeting them directly and basically trying to make a fool of them because of something dumb they've said. Do you not see a difference? I see the difference and I understand the difference. I don't understand where it becomes okay and where it's not. I'm not trying to say that, you know, my way is better, 
and that your way is worse or that mine is okay and yours is not okay. What I'm saying is the way that some people tweet is not something that I am comfortable doing and it, it doesn't sit well with me. So I don't do it. Yeah, that's fair enough. Of course. Be the change you want to see in the world. <laughs> way to work that in. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> All right. So where would you foresee change in the future? The tone of Twitter can change day to day. And it's, it's not just one group of people. It can be a lot of people. I see this all the time. You know, some days everyone's quite aggro. Some days people are really bored. Is there anything that you would change in the future? You know, the things that are in the back of your mind that perhaps you'll implement? Oh, goodness. Uh, I, don't, I don't know. I mean, I think for, for myself, I think I have made most of the changes that I personally want to make. I mean, the one thing that I'm now kind of struggling with is, is my sort of hard line before, which admittedly was a completely arbitrary line, was that if someone came to my page and tweeted me first, something stupid like, Jesus loves you, or, you know, you're going to burn in hell, you dumb atheist, then, you know, I would tweet them back and quote them to my followers, and I had no guilt about doing that. Mm. But I've, I've had it happen where some of those people, too, end up upset that people are tweeting them. So even that now, I'm sort of wondering, like, is that really worth it to me to upset people, even if they've come in and said something really idiotic to me first? I don't know. I'm, I'm sort of on the fence about that one and, and not quite sure how I'm going to fall. My <laughs> The hard line that I will never change is if somebody comes to me and calls me an ugly bitch, well... <laughs> Yeah, that's that's a free for all after that. Yeah, <laughs> Donovan. Um, I'm pretty happy with how I go about it. I, I want to use it less. <laughs> I just, you know, I pick it up too often and and just have a read. And you know, there's other things I should be doing or could be doing, especially like reading books and and things like that. But I'm happy with how how I go about it. I don't think anyone's life is worse off because of what I've tweeted and I know that some people's lives are better off so I'm I'm happy with that yeah that's a good thing how can we better engage people so that they're more likely to question themselves question their beliefs if that's what somebody's goal is is to go ahead and and really try to get people to question what they're thinking and you know for example someone who's tweeted why are there still monkeys for example if you really want people to think about what they're saying I would argue that the best way is definitely not to retweet that into a bunch of atheist timelines or to quote tweet that and make fun of them because all they're going to do is be offended and feel bad that people are making fun of them. That's, that's, you know, that's not an effective way of changing people's minds. And I would argue that a lot of people who do that aren't really interested in changing minds. They just, you know, they think it's funny and whatever, that's fine, you know, do your thing. But if you really are interested in changing minds, I really am I'm very convinced that the best way to do that is to actually engage with them one-on-one. That's, that's the way that people are going to feel like their points are valued and that they're, you know, not just being yelled at by a bunch of atheists who think they know everything, but that they're actually being listened to because you, you can't force people to change. You have to give them a chance to tell you, well, this is why I think what I think, and then give you a chance to say, well, here's why I think that that's incorrect and have some back and forth and not just a bunch of atheists coming after them and saying, well, that was a really stupid thing that you just said there. I mean, that, that doesn't help that situation at all. Mm. Donovan? Yeah, I, I agree there. And that's why, like I said before, you try and, and, and judge how genuine someone is. I saw the, the wire, they're still monkeys once, answered it honestly, sent the guy some links. Three days later, he, he tweeted me back and said, thank you. 
you know, I now understand it. Um, he followed me. I think he still follows me to this day. He has tweeted me a couple of times saying, you know, he, he struggles because he was brought up as a creationist, you know, since day dot, and it's hard to give up all that. So, you know, I think he's in his 20s, so 20 years later. If you think you can actually get through to someone, like the the ones I like are the, the people who said, oh, you say, you know, oh, I'm not sure, but I, I think I might be becoming an atheist. I'll tweet to them and say, you know, well done, um, how's it going, or things like that. They're the people that Mel's right. The, the one-on-one there, that's fine, and that's what will work best. But when it's when it's clearly something that's absolutely wrong by someone who's not willing to learn but to just tweet um, you know, a, a stupid, unthought-out tweet about atheists. I have no problem showing people what is being said and, and my reply to it. I mean, let's face it, this is Twitter. Everyone who's on Twitter, save for those who have locked accounts, want people to see their tweets. Me showing my 25,000 followers a tweet from someone, like, that's what they want. They want their tweet to be seen. If they didn't want their tweet to be seen, they wouldn't have tweeted it. Okay, they're tweeting not realising that people are going to disagree and people are going to tell them they disagree. But I don't see how sharing a tweet, when we all want our tweets to be read by as many people as possible, I don't see how that's a bad thing. Anything else you guys would like to add? I would like to add just one comment. Not on that. (laughs) We don't need to get back into that discussion. (laughs) Um, But I think... I think what our overall goal should be is we all know how people portray atheists. We know how theists look at atheists. They look at us and think that we are horrible, mean, heartless, evil people. That's just the general consensus that a lot of people have. And of course it's wrong. We all know that it's wrong. But if you approach people on Twitter with that kind of attitude, it's not going to help things. I mean, I just, I just think that we can all strive to be a little bit kinder to people and that that really can't hurt. That's all I really want to say. I guess the one thing we didn't touch on is the actual abuse of people. Now, I I have been guilty of that way, way back when my account was new, like actually calling people a moron or saying, you know, things like that. I, I will happily question someone. I will happily show them where their statement is wrong or where their statement is ridiculous, and I'll happily share that with my followers and I've got no problem doing that but it's when people come back and say you know well you're a fucking moron for thinking that you know how do you even get dressed in the morning and and, you know things like that or you know you're a fucking retard retard bugs me I don't like it when when people use that word and things like that that's what doesn't help like that perpetuates the myth that we are all angry bitter people you know sitting around waiting to be nasty to someone so and and again maybe that line is is subjective and arbitrary as well but the the personal abuse of of, of someone who has tweeted something i i don't agree with that and i'm on record tweeting that i plagiarized um richard dawkins tweet the other day saying exactly that that i don't like it when i was on the the hangout with um godfrey world on dave's hangout um talking about twitter debates you know, I, I said, I wish that didn't happen. Um, so, yes, uh, it, my tip or ad- advice or, I don't know, what I feel best with uh, for me, I suppose, is to not try to not ever go at the person, stick with what they've said, what they believe about their their version of the, the God hypothesis, what they believe about atheists and stick on topic and try not to 
abuse them personally. Mm. You guys have been great. Thank you very much. Anything final to add, Mel? No, I think I've said my piece and then some. <laughs> <laughs> guys, thank you very much for coming on The Herb Mentality. Uh, it's been insightful. Hopefully, hopefully we can all learn something. Maybe change, maybe not. Maybe maybe implement, maybe do something, but uh, scintillating repartee. Thank you Thanks for having, having me. Uh, that's something I wanted to say too. If if I say something wrong or stupid, I want someone to quote tweet me. Like I want that to happen. If I'm wrong on the internet, I want to be told. Well, I think you're probably in the minority on that one. <laughs> <laughs>